When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is Thursday, August 18th. I will be uh, leaving for Florida tomorrow. My buddy Daryl is getting married. Yay, Daryl. And uh, I told him last night, uh, I am so excited. His uh, fiance, Colleen, is awesome. And I would be traveling with them if I could, but I have to work for Major League Soccer in September. I have some commitments. But they're off to Europe for almost a month. No plans, just a rail pass, um, which is what I would absolutely love to do. Uh, but today, let's talk about the markets. I just posted on Twitter, I was looking at SPY, um, and I'll look at this kind of with you guys a little bit more. And kind of what I did was I went into the algorithm, and the algorithm doesn't run on indices, so I have to use the ETF SPY. But essentially, July 18th, we saw a MACD cross-up at $388. Ever since then, you can see on the chart that I posted, again, it's posted on Twitter, and I did have a complaint um, yesterday that I just don't do enough visual stuff and what I talk about, you guys can't really see. Uh, I just posted this on Twitter. I will post it on Instagram as a story as well. It's a trend spider chart. And... It's the algorithm, and the algorithm gets you in and out. There are prices, entries, exits. There are percentages. There's everything that you need to see in this uh, in this chart. So you can see the RSI. You can see the MACD. You can see the volume down below. You can see the uh, it's the nine day, the twenty one day, the fifty day, and the two hundred day. You can see gaps. Uh, you can see volume averages on the right. Um, I am going to pause this because my dog is about to erupt at the two dogs outside. Okay, she didn't erupt. She's staring at me. There's a dog named Daisy across the street, and Daisy just uh, ran into some two Yorkies outside. And my little dog Penny is going nuts. But um, back to the chart. So you can see everything that you need to on this chart. Uh, I am looking into the newsletter. I am looking into some screen capture, and I was going to do some screen capture today. Maybe I'll do it later in the podcast, but um, on a FinViz scan. But essentially, this this SPY, back to the SPY, I'm seeing this move from 388 to 426 where you are right now. You are riding along the 9-day, and there's a gap here between 412 and 415. Uh, this move up is pretty uncontested. So, I, it, it, it unnerves me in that, that the MACD is just continuing to go up. The RSI right now is at 68. It got all the way to 78 two days ago. Um, it just has been nonstop kind of up since then. So uh, there hasn't been, there, there was a slight pullback July 22nd from uh, about 396. It hit that 4,000 mark at 399.56. Um, in the morning candle, and it pulled back. Um, was that the morning candle? Yeah, that was the morning candle. Let me hit pause. 
and the Yorkies just passed. So sorry about that. Uh, I'm not recording on Twitch or else you would have heard me um, yell at the dogs. But uh, yeah, so Spy, you do have this gap here. It, it, right July 22nd, it hit oh, the 4,000 mark and then it roared right through it. And and we've been going ever since. You had the Fed minutes yesterday. You have at 8.30, I'm recording this at about 8.10. 8.30, you have some unemployment numbers. There's really not a lot that pulls this one back. So um, at, at the four hour, I went to the daily. And the daily's kind of the same thing. You just see from July 20, probably July 17th. Um, again, I don't have my algorithm written on a daily, so you don't have the, um, the entrance and uh, exits kind of to buy and sell like you do on the four hour. And again, check it out on Twitter. I posted it. Um, but you do have this gap here on August 10th from 412 to 416. There is an obvious volume shelf here as well, um, right about that level. Now, I, I, if we break through that level, which I do think that we break through, you can see a pretty clear volume shelf at about 396, 397. Um, and again, if I'm on the four-hour chart and I run this uh, just to give you some volume levels, I do see a volume level here at about 411 if we do see a pullback. If we, if we break through that 411, it's all the way down to 397. And it's a significant kind of volume shelf uh just you know there's nothing in between now 378 is the largest volume shelf and that's right around where probably the algorithms bought a ton um but you can see it, it's clear volume shelf so uh again the daily there's nothing super exciting about the daily other than the macd is just straight up and the rsi is at 68 and again two days ago it was at 73 so you've got this super overbought market. Then when you go to the weekly, you can kind of see that the MACD just crossed up on uh, the week of August 1st. And that was two weeks ago. Um, and the, the RSI is only at 54. It's still going up, but it's not going up as dramatically. But the MACD has a significant amount of upside to it. Now, the 9-day and the 21-day, we have all the support in the world. You're still not... Um, below the 200-day on the weekly. You touch the 200-day, it looks like, on Jan June 13th. And those were the lows that you saw. Um, but you're butting right up against the 50-day. And so what I see on the weekly is that, again, there's a volume shelf here at about 392. So in my mind, if we break through the 4,000 mark, you're looking at about 394. Um, 400, I should say, because I'm looking at the spy. Um, but again, with this, this clear, uh, upward movement, I just don't see how we don't get back to some type of dip. And again, on the weekly, uh, if you look at this weekly chart and I'll post the weekly, uh, just so you can see it on Twitter as well, <clears throat> but you can clearly see the January highs right here. And we went from all the way, April 13th, 2020. There was confirmation. I mean, this market was just crazy up until January. And you lost the nine, the nine day and the 21 day uh, coming into February. So you, you kind of regained it a little bit in April, but you haven't regained it until you started this August move. Now, in my mind, I think that means that we could be done for this. And 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 the reasoning is macro. 
Um, my personal belief is that we probably have another couple of weeks of, of solid movement, and I don't want to say solid movement up. It might be capitulation, but we shouldn't see a solid move down until September. And what you're going to start to see in September is, and, and Powell and the Fed have said this, they will start reducing the amount of their balance sheet. The last time they did this was November 2018. It went into 2019. It was a disaster. You saw 20% pullback on the market. Uh, they are contingent on fighting inflation. And the, you saw in the notes, they are insistent on fighting inflation. Uh, most likely, you will see in uh, October a 50-point uh, uh, raise. You won't see the 75-point raise unless we get some type of crazy numbers. Um, but again, when you look at this, this, this spy chart, it's pretty clear that we've had a good run. Um, there is some breath that is needed in the market. And that, I promised you guys yesterday, I would look at SPY, I would look at the S&P. Um, one of the things that I want to make sure that you guys have is a balanced portfolio. I, I know I'm here telling you trades and stuff like that, but remember, um, the large majority, I would say 90% of my portfolio is buy and hold uh, for more than a year, <clears throat> if not you know, uh, 10 years or whatever. Apple, I have held since 2006. I have yet to sell any shares. Um, one of the things of, of buying a balanced portfolio is you can buy ETFs um, that track certain sectors. Um, I have, let's see, I will tell you what I have. And this is why I don't do screen capture. Again, I'm going into the Fidelity, um, my Fidelity account. I have XLK, XLY, QCLN. I have the ARC funds. Um, I have, uh, that look more XLY. Um, that's pretty much my ETF portfolio. Other than those kind of few, I don't, I have individual stocks and, and personally, I just like individual stocks. Most people will tell you it's significantly more risky, but, um, I seem to have done fairly well on it. I've got some losers, some winners, the winners far outweigh the losers. Um, I probably would, losers, do I wish I would have had an ETF? Absolutely. Um, one of the ways you can use um, FinViz is, and, and I'm trying to steer you guys towards FinViz as well, since FinViz is free. Again, it, it's, it's a free tool, and it's a great tool. Uh, if you want a balanced portfolio of just single stocks, uh, maybe what you do is you take the FinViz uh um, heat map and you look at the, the leaders in each of the industries. For instance, uh, energy, it's Exxon and Chevron, uh, basic materials, it's Lindy and Sherwin-Williams, uh, utilities, it's NEEE, which is Next Era Energy and Duke Energy, real estate, uh, AMT, American Tower, uh, CCI, um, you know, Crown Castle Incorporated, industrials, Honeywell, and 3M, uh, railroads, UNP, and uh, CSX, farm and heavy, Caterpillar and Deer, um, staffing, ADP, waste management. You can go into each of these heat maps and find out that the size of the, the box is the size of the, the stock. So like consumer electronics, Apple, you know, uh, technology, Microsoft, uh, semiconductors, NVIDIA. You can go into each one of these communication services, Google, uh, healthcare, J&J, &J. Uh, healthcare, I would steer you towards UNH, well, it's healthcare plans, they have it under, 
Um, but if you want to build a, a target portfolio, go into FinViz like that and just go into the heat map and, and maybe pick, you know, a couple of stocks from each box. Um, you don't need every box, but you could do that. Uh, or you just buy ETFs. Again, there's different ETFs that you want to do. Uh, yesterday's play, Uvixi. Let's see, where did Uvixi wind up? Um, Uvixi was one of the solid top 10 uh, actives, and I posted in the morning. It When it opened up, it lost all all confirmation. It, it just went from about 9 down to 892. Um, it went up to 928. So if you kind of played it on a daily basis, you probably could have pulled out a 5% gain on this one. Um, but by uh, 12 o'clock, it just lost everything. It closed at 894. Yesterday's day range was 877 to 929. Um, 877, it hit at around 3 o'clock, I think. It was just, it was an ugly tape yesterday for you, Vixie. Um, but as, as traders, we like the volatility. And you know you, Vixie's not going to zero. Speaking of zero... Um, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, BBBY. It's the big story. There's a couple of stories I, I posted uh, yesterday. There is a guy, a, t- a 20-something-year-old in Financial Times, who made something like $120 million off of uh, BBBY. He became a 6% investor. Uh, I'll let you read the story on the Financial Times. Uh, I don't have to redo, you know, rehash it out. But it seems like he definitely played the market uh, he may have been the leak of Ryan Cohen's old options play where he bought Best um, Bed Bath & Beyond at 60 and $80, I believe. Um, Ryan Cohen also on Monday uh, filed with the SEC a um, notice uh, to sell all of his shares. And that's what killed uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. So... Uh, if you want a rug pull, it's exactly a rug pull. Just so you guys know, the 10-day volume is $125 million per day. The 90-day volume is 21. This has all the earmarks of um, Bed Bath & Beyond being in a short squeeze. Um, you know, The dangerous part is they could issue shares. They've had enough time to do it. Um, you know, the, 32 week, the 52-week high is $30, and it was hit yesterday. And yesterday I told you it was going to hit $30. Um, I'm sorry, $30 was hit $826. Um, It did hit it yesterday in the pre-market. I posted it. Um, It hit $30 right at, um, let's see, $935. So right when it opened, it hit $30. So I kind of said it, hey, if you buy it here and you sell for $30, kudos to you. It was a downtrend the entire day. I would expect today it's kind of settling in at about $20. Um, it went all the way down to 18 As of last night, if you can get it at 18 I again, I, I can't imagine that this is worth anything, but if you ride it and you day trade it, kudos, good for you. Um, there was a cross-up yesterday of DRV. If you remember DRV, this is the real estate play. And there has been all the talk of real estate being in a recession market, blah, blah, blah. Yesterday's cross-up was at 35.77, 35.89 to 35.77, somewhere in that neighborhood. The RSI is low. The RSI is at 31. This is a triple-levered bear market real estate uh, ETF. So 
as the, the real estate market goes down, this should go up. Now, here's the killer. Most of what's in this, let, let's make, let me look at Finviz to see if they have um, what's made up in this. Uh, Finviz description, the fund invests in swap arrangement agreements, futures contracts, uh, short positions or other financial instruments that in combination provides inverse or short leverage exposure to the index equal to or at least 80% of its net assets plus borrowing for investment purposes. The index is provided by the S&P Dow Jones indices and includes securities of companies uh, from the following industries, real estate management, development REITs, excluding mortgage REITs. The fund is non-diversified. So uh, let me see if um, Fidelity has more about what their kind of holdings are. Um, let me see. Summary, do, 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 profile, um, top three holdings, view all four holdings. There is Goldman Sachs uh, FS Treasury, which is 66% of the fund. Dreyfus Government Securities Cash Management, 58% of the fund. Uh, well, it's not percentage of the fund. Real estate sector index, 23, cash, 1%. <clears throat> it doesn't give me much information about it, but I do know that it goes, when the real estate market goes down, um, this this goes up. Uh, real estate, some of the real estate stuff has been going up in the market, even though the real estate market is considered in a recession. But DRV did have this. Now, the, the killer on this one is that the algorithm doesn't provide you a lot of gain over 1,000 candles. It's actually a 60% loss. Buying and holding loses you 70%, 74%. Uh, the average win on this is 8%. Oh, there were nine wins, 29 losses. The average loss was 5%. So your downside is potentially 5%. Um, I think that you will, if, if it... You know, again, at 35, I think the bottom here will bounce off at 32 or 33. Um, but that RSI indicates that buyers are going to have to show up at some point in time. So DRV is, a, it, in my mind, if you want to short the real estate market, I think it's a good play. Is it your only play? Absolutely not. Uh, am I taking this trade? Probably not. If I see it go to 37 or so, looking at SPY, I do think that the market needs to come down uh, looking at DRV, I think that needs to come up. So it might be a good opportunity to get in. Now, Apple is a huge talk on CNBC um, of the past day. Carter Worth of Worth Charting says, sell all your Apple. It's just gone too far too quickly. Um, and it's been a favorite safe haven was his word for many investors. And you've seen it kind of in the volume um, of recent, specifically when it was down in the 134 to 140 range, you saw a, a large amount of volume kind of rolling into it. Now, as it's gotten up into the 170s, the volume hasn't been there, but the RSI right now is at 80. Um, I don't blame them for saying sell your Apple if you want to trade it. Uh, I don't trade it. I own it. I tend to think that Apple is, you know, I, I can't time this one. I, I just can't time it. Um, one year and five year versus the, the triple Q's Apple has more than doubled, uh, what the return of, of it is Apple year to date. Let me go into Finviz and look at this. Um, Apple year to date is down 1.7%. 
just to give you an idea, SPY is down performance year to date 10%. So Apple down only 1% means that it is greatly outperforming the market, the overall market. Now, uh, I think they set September 7th as the iPhone 14. I am one of the morons that bought the iPhone 13 like two weeks ago. Just needed a phone. I was switching to uh, Visible. And by the way, I am super happy with Visible. I was on the phone yesterday with one of my friends who is a T-Mobile customer uh, who's paying $45 for per line for like, four, um, I think, three lines, maybe five lines. Um, but... Uh, I mentioned visible to him and he's going to take a look at it. So uh, he kept hanging up on me and losing signal in his neighborhood. I said, I've yet to lose signal. So, um, you know, unvisible again, it's Verizon. It, it's well known within the industry. Verizon has the most solid network out there. If you, you, you do pay a premium for the Verizon network, but since they run visible, you're getting the Verizon network at a discount, $25 a month. If you want, hit me up. I will send you my link to sign up. Uh, I get 20 bucks. You get 20 bucks. So uh, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on um, Instagram. I'll, I'll send you the link. It's a good way to help support the podcast. If Even if you don't uh, uh, hit the support button and pay me directly, just, you know, uh, buy. Sign up for TrendSpider or sign up for Visible. <clears throat> but uh, Carter Worth thinks people are hiding out in Apple. And when they get out of Apple, when, when things start to really turn and, you know, Apple hits this 180 mark and they hit, get close to it, um, the, he thinks that that's going to signal a crash. It won't only signal a crash in Apple, it should signal a crash in the market. And that's mainly because Apple is such a big, if you go into Finviz and you go to the home screen and you go to, um, the, just look at Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, and Tesla, the huge boxes, even Meta, Meta. Um, why did I say Meta? But even Meta, um, you look at those huge boxes, they are dominating the, this, this board um, just with their size. And, and that's how big they are in the S&P 500. So um, that's what Carter Worth thinks. Now, Joe T says he bought Apple yesterday um, and he thinks it's over $200 by the end of the year. Kind of a differing opinion. Gene Muster was on um, this morning, CNBC. He's a huge Apple um, uh, bull. He thinks that with uh, either healthcare uh, entrance with Apple <clears throat> or a car entrance into the car world, he thinks that they get uh, a significant, significant move uh, to the upside and $250. So, okay, I think I just hit a button on here. My voice seems to have gone up. So I am so sorry, by the way. Uh, another apology. Um, I have my phone now on do not disturb on focus mode. I probably should have been doing that. And my apologies to anybody who listens on headphones, anybody who listens in the car. Um, I know that that, that sometimes the uh, garage band doesn't exactly um, monitor the high pitches and things like that. And then when I get um, texts, you guys probably ears get blown out. So. Uh, my apologies for that. And it was pointed out to me. So now I'm on focus mode. Uh, let me point out there has been, there was a, I posted on Twitter, Germany has worked to shore up winter gas supplies and it's ahead of schedule. It is two weeks ahead of schedule. It has filled their reserves up by 75%. So while Putin has pulled back on the pipeline, natural gas hasn't pulled back in price. 
in fact, let's take a look at Boyle. Boyle was down yesterday, even though I titled yesterday's podcast as Boyle's on a run. <clears throat> it was down, but it wasn't down significantly. Again, like I said yesterday, the, the algorithm has you buy in, even though the RSI is at 61. The algorithm had you buy in at 98.14. If you're anywhere near the $100 mark, you're still up by 4 or 5% on this one. Um, do I think it's going back down to 90? I don't think so. Uh, my personal opinion is if I pull this volume shelf back here and I'm using TrendSpider and I'm pulling the volume uh, manual back to, there is a significant support line here at 87. Uh, that's where the majority of people are holding, uh, even though it's at 105. Uh, I just can't see it going back down there anytime soon. Although the news out of Germany is again, uh, governments manipulating energy prices. Uh, Germany announced this morning they are lowering their nat gas tax to 7%. Now, 7% sounded high. Uh, crazy. I looked it up. It was 19%. So this is not a um, insignificant pullback on the price. Now, Germany, German citizens are used to cheap natural gas. That was why, um, and if you're wondering why Putin invaded uh, Ukraine when he did, had nothing to do with the U.S., had nothing to do with the administration that was in power, had nothing to do with anything other than uh, Merkel agreed to the, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which would have given Germany even cheaper natural gas from Russia. Then, and even Trump railed against Merkel for this decision and said, you're making a mistake and I can't believe you're getting in bed with Russia. Um, you know, it, again, it was Donald Trump being being right on, on, on certain things. Uh, he's not a good human being. Do not mistake this for support of Trump, the man is a maniac. Um, I am not a fan whatsoever, but he did do some decent things. One was taking on China. Um, I think he kind of did it in a backwards way. I, you know, he was friends with them. Then he wasn't friends with them. And we're not friends with the Chinese. One, 100% we shouldn't be friendly with the Chinese. Chinese people, absolutely we should be friendly with. Um, Chinese government, nah. Nah, forget them. Um, we are their sworn enemy. They are our sworn enemy, but the people of China couldn't be happier. Love them. Um, I'm a big fan, uh, of China in particular, the culture. Um, but they manipulate a lot of stuff. Um, and, and I, there's a great video. Um, and I was taken in by this. I always thought, you know, Taiwan, I, I always explained to my friends, Taiwan's kind of like, Hawaii, and imagine if Hawaii was taken from the U.S., um, we'd want it back as well. Well, I always thought Taiwan was kind of like that. Well, uh, Johnny Harris on, on YouTube, and if you want to look it up, it's a great video, goes back into the revisionist history that the Chinese uh, Communist Party has written about how China was this unified country and how everybody loved China and how everything was perfect. Um, well, it wasn't. And it just wasn't. And Taiwan was never really part of China. So when she says, hey, we should have uh, Taiwan back. Well, no, you shouldn't even have had Hong Kong back. Um, you know, you got that one back because the British appeased you. Um, there were other political interests in there too as well. 
but absolutely should not have Taiwan. So uh, he opened up my eyes. Um, you know, the the I I still you know even though I have Apple as my biggest uh, biggest holding, um, I I think they turn a blind eye to China a lot of times in the eye of, of business. Um, their human rights record is horrendous. Uh, you know, it's, again, it's the government. It's not the people. You know, the government of the United States is not fantastic either, in my eyes. Uh, government of any country is not fantastic. Can you do right as a government? No. No. Half the stuff that you have to do is just wrong. Um, it's people. People, you know, there's a bad element in society. But, uh, okay, back to stocks. But, um, uh the boil, you know, again, energy trade. I just can't see energy going down other than um, government manipulation. And so Germany lowering their tax um, is government manipulation. Now, demand is surging and supply is down. All of energy, oil, natural gas. So COP, let's look at my list of energy stocks. COP. Um, you had an um, uh, algorithm buy-in on June, July 8th at 87.53. Um, you have tons of gaps in this chart. Uh, again, I'll, if you want me to post it, ask me to post it. Uh, it's an ugly chart with tons of these gaps all over the place. But you've, you, you bought in at 87 and you're at 101. Again, you've had some pullbacks along the way. And it's not the bottom. You haven't timed it. But, you know, if, if you're pulling back on energy, you know, th- this one ran all the way up to 121. Um, let's look at, I've got to move this over here. Uh, Devon, Devon Energy. God, they've got such a great dividend. It's the largest dividend payer in the S&P 500. You have a MACD cross up here at $60.17. You're trading at $65 today. Um, like I said, when Devin dipped down below 60, buy it. When it's up above 60, take your pick what you want to sell it. Don't try and time it. If you get 10%, take 10%. You've had one, two, three, four. It just since the end of June, you've had five or six different times to get in under 60 and, and over 60. Sometimes, you know, one time down here, July 14th, you had a low of 49.51. Guys, this is a great stock. Now, your catalyst on this one, dividend X date on September 9th. Um, let's look at Oxy. Oxy's one, remember, um, Warren Buffett bought 20% of this company. You have been bouncing ever since June um, between 54 and 65. I mean, it's, you know, you've had tons of times to bounce in and out. Now, the earnings is done with. The X dividend date is September 9th. This one's up at 63. I would probably sell at 65. It's not necessarily going above 65 right now. Uh, if Warren Buffett does something like take it private, you know, at $70 or something like that, it could go there. Um, Jim Leventhal on uh, CNBC. I'm a big fan of his. He led me into the Cleveland Cliffs trade. He just got into um, Exxon. Exxon's trading at 90, 93.27. You had a MACD cross up here on August 11th at 93.89. You're getting in under the MACD cross up. Uh, this one has a great dividend. They've already passed their ex-dividend date. You really don't have a catalyst here. I think you're going to trade between 90 and 100 here probably for the next month. Um, that's just my guess. Um, next one is Chevron. CVX is the symbol. 
You've got this one. I've said this one under 160. Buy it under 160. It was at 157 right now. You had a MACD cross up here way back on July 15th. And, and I mentioned this. I know I mentioned this. At 136, you couldn't get a better price for this one. You're at 160 now, 157 officially. Their ex-dividend date is August 18th today. So buy it today. You know, get the dividend. Um, their dividend, let me look at their dividend CVX. Um, they're going to be up just because the dividend, you know, people are going to sell it after the dividend. 3.63%. Great dividend. <clears throat> Again, great dividend. So um, you've got that one. Uh, another one that I like, Fang. Um, this one, you have a MACD cross up way back when too at 108 on July 15th. Um, 108. And you've ridden it all the way up to one, God, what did it hit? 135 um, on August 11th. Their ex-dividend date is already passed. You've got no real catalyst in this. The RSI is at 50, so it's in no man's land. Could you sell it now? If you bought 108 and you're selling at 125, eh, I wouldn't blame you if this is a trade for you. Um, again, I've held Exxon uh, for two years now. Let me look at my lot size on this one. Um, I have made a significant amount of money on this one. I bought in the 40s, I think. My average uh, share price is 48.54. Um, I bought this uh, June 2020. Uh, I put 20, $23,000 into it. Current value is 51000 So uh, great, great trade by me, uh, funding a large portion of my, uh, my gains over the last couple of years. So, but those are, you know, again, uh, COP, DVN, Oxy, XOM, CVX, FANG, great energy names. Um, so let's look at, I think I did everything, Best Buy or Bed Bath & Beyond, um, Apple, DRV, CrossUp. I think I've covered everything. One that came up in a scan today, and it's a mainstay in my portfolio that I have held for years, is J&J &J at 167. Um, it's a MACD cross-up. Your RSI is at 41. Your ex-dividend date is August 22nd. It's not a huge dividend. But J&J, &J, uh, you've got a 2.7% dividend, so it's nothing to kind of you know blink your eyes at. Performance year-to-date, you're only down 2%, so it is greatly outpacing the market. Um, you are 7% above your 52-week low. You are 10% below your 52-week high. So you probably have a 52-week high in this as healthcare is probably going to start to take off. Um, again, you know, J&J &J is one of those ones. Let me see. My J&J, &J, uh, I have a very small position. Uh, let me see. I put in, I am going all the way back to 2012. Um, I put in uh, $2,000. That $2,000 today is worth uh, $8,000. Not a great trade, but, you know, if you can four times your money over, what, 10 years, um, that's pretty good. Think of putting in a million dollars, that $1 million into J&J. &J. Very little risk um, because you don't, you know, it's a stock that's pretty much a mainstay. It's a conglomerate of all these different healthcare businesses um, and products and services. Um, you know, again, you've got just a mainstay company here. It's crossing up. Um, you know, if you wanted another mainstay company, 
that hasn't crossed up. United Healthcare is one that just continues to kill it. You had this MACD cross up here July 18th at 531. You're at 545. There have been so many other things that have been good to invest in um, uh, rather than uh, UNH, even, you know, J&J. Um, I'm looking at my portfolio and, you know, even the cryptos, I mean, just over the last month. Um, but UNH is, is one of those. I know my dad's held it for years. Uh, I haven't gotten into it because I just never found a good opportunity to buy and hold, even though I think, you know, what, June when it hit 430 something, uh, let's see, it was down at 450. Um, that was probably a time to get in. I, I don't think I'll have a chance. I do think that it's going to come closer to 500 on a pullback. There is a gap here between 505 and 509, but UNH is one. And I did that scan in, in TrendSpider. That's the only one with the MACD pull uh, cross up. Now, what I wanted to do, and maybe I'll just do a screen capture here. Um, let me open up QuickTime real quick. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a screen capture of... Um, Jane, I'm going to do a, a screen capture of a Finviz. I'm going to go to home. I'm going to do, uh, let's do QuickTime. Um, okay. And you're hearing me do this right as we go. Uh, and I will do new screen recording. Um, yeah, let me do a new screen recording. Uh, so I'll do it right here. And what I'm going to record is Finviz. Since Finviz is a free tool for you guys, um, I don't want to do something that's going to charge you. I don't want to do something that's going to, um, uh, you know, uh, be like TrendSpider. I'll just do a screen recording here. And we're going to start screen recording and we're going to do a uh, screener. And you go up here and you go to screener. And again, this is, I'll post this on probably on YouTube. But you go up into Screener and you can see all of these different things. Now, I go up into um, Descriptive, Fundamental, Technical, All. I just click All. And say I want something that is on the NASDAQ since I do tech, um, I choose NASDAQ. Then what I want to do is I want to look at 52-week high and low. And what I want to do is... Uh, I want to look at 10% or more above low. Um, or you know what? Um, let me do 60% or more below high. Because that's going to pull up um, a bunch. Then uh, RSI, 14-day RSI. I want to look at oversold. So I'm going to put it down around 30. You know, Typically it's 20, but I'm going to put it around 30. Right now, I have 35 tickers um, just with that. I'm looking at it. It's below its 52-week high, 60% um, or more. It's oversold. Um, and let's say the PE. We're going to do a PE under, let's say, under 15. Uh, I've got two tickers. Uh, co-diagnostics and first-hand technology, and they're trading on the the the, the Nasdaq now. Um, PE, both of them are in the twos. Market cap, um, one eighty-eight. Let's see CODX. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into TrendSpider, 
and I'm going to put this into the algorithm to see where we're at and how this, again, this is just a technical trade. Um, you can see, oh God, this has been beaten down. It's a horrible, horrible stock. Um, and that is why it's showing up on, on this, uh, crazy one. But, um, you know, let's look at Finviz and let's go back to Finviz and let's look at CODX. Uh, they obviously had an earnings uh, mishap. Uh, why co-diagnostic slips day? And this is part of what I'm talking about doing your research. You can go in there, do that screener, look at different things um, and, and find stocks. And we'll go in and look more. Um, uh, yeah, this this just got killed on earnings. So we don't need to look at that. Let's go back into the screener. And we're going to go back into the screener. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and click all. Um, I am not going to click any exchange. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say um, under 10 PE, um, 20 day high low. We're going to say 10% um, or more below high. Um, then we're going to go float short and we're going to say, um, over 30%, uh, nothing there. Uh, let's say over 15% there. You've got a couple of these, um, you know, stocks. And again, you're looking for volatility. Um, RSI, let's say oversold, um, not overbought. Let's move that. Uh, okay, nothing's overbought. Um, let's say 20. Ah, nothing. Uh, but you got to play around with this. And th what this screener does is you can try and find some stocks um, where you're kind of looking at, you know, let's say we're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of this. Um, and we've got four stocks here. So I'm looking at Float short over 15%, um, new low, uh, and oversold 40. And you've got three, Humanogen, um, Biotechnology, Software, Olo, um, Rate of Pharmaceuticals, you know, uh, RETA. Let's look at RETA in the algorithm. All these charts are going to look ugly, but you've got to buy into weakness. And yeah, it looks like Codex, the, the same one that we saw. Um, I, you can see clearly, and I'm doing a screen recording clearly there's a MACD cross up coming on this one. Um, it, it is a falling knife at around 19. Um, my guess is that this missed earnings had bad guidance, had some type of FDA issue, um, something of that sort. So it's not something that I would say get into lightly, but with that MACD cross up and that RSI at 24, uh, it might be a good opportunity to trade something like this. And this is what I'm talking about doing the work and looking at stuff. Um, am I getting into these trades? No. I think energy right now is my number one thing. Um, and so there, you know, I, I'm going to stop the screen recording now. But that's kind of how you can do it if you want to play the system and you want to day trade. What you're looking for is volatility. And you can absolutely use Finviz, the stock screener, to find your volatility. Um, if you ever want to know what these things uh, mean, just hover over them. Level to which a company is owned by its own management. Uh, PE, price to earnings, evaluation ratio of a company's current share price compared to its per share earnings. It's all PE is. 
Price to cash, a ratio used to compare a stock's market value to its cash assets. It's calculated by dividing the current. Just hover over it. Again, Finviz is a great, great tool. Um, you need to use it. It's free. I'm not even logged in. I'll show you on the screen thing. I'm not even logged in. So I'm not even a registered user. I am a registered user. Don't pay for it, but I am, I'm not even logged in. This is just, you can use this without logging in. Again, it's Finviz. Um, I'm not steering you towards TrendSpider. I like TrendSpider. I think it's worth the four or $500 a year that I pay for it. Um, I get to write it off of my taxes since I do trade. Um, so I like it. I'm going to stop the screen recording here. And um, there we go. Uh, I'm going to close this, that down there. So the other thing that I wanted to go over was um, our uh, look at the ETFs that we use. Uh, Upro, which is a S&P. This is a just a, um, a regular S&P tracking one. Um, you can, in the algorithm, you're in at $37.84. You're at $49 on this one right now. It is completely overbought. This is a bull. Uh, if you wanted to look at a triple levered bear one, SPXU. Um, this is a triple levered uh, uh, bear market. You actually had a cross up here. Uh, 1372 is the cross up um, on the MACD. The RSI is at 31. Again, 1372. You only need 15 to get your 10% on this one. Um, now, the algorithm performs. You lose 36%. You, uh, you lose 36% with the algorithm. You lose 70% with just buy and hold. The average win is 11%. SPXU. Uh, XPS, SPXL is the bear. This is three times bear. Uh, I'm sorry, three times bull. SPXL. This is three times bull. It's way oversold. You've gone from 71 back on July uh, 18th all the way up to 93. Um, you got well over your 20%. Uh, TQQQ, we talked about this a lot during the bull run of uh, July and August. And you had a cross up here at uh, July 18th at 2761. Um, you've had some faltering at 37 here. Uh, there's a gap here between 33 and 34. That could be where you're going to on this, this pullback. But again, uh, SPXU, which is the bear, had the, uh, the this the, that's a bear one. Um, you know, if you want a bear, SQQQ uh, is the triple levered short on the NASDAQ, and that had a cross up at 33.58, and that was two days ago. Um, this one, you know, all of these lose you money in the algorithm. The point is to try and get one of the wins. You had eight wins on this uh, within 35 positions on the algorithm over a thousand candles. Average win on SP, SQQQQ is 14%. So you've got the ability to try and pick out, okay, which one am I going to win on? Um, you know, back in, let's see, SQQQ, March 31st, it was a 33.51 uh, buy-in. Uh, you rode this one all the way up to $60. You d almost doubled your money. Um, now, the algorithm got you out a little late, but it's still a 43% gain on May 27th. Um, you know, SARK, which, which shorts, uh, Kathy Woods, ARK fund, uh, ARKK. Um, this one had a MACD cross up here at 47.65. Again, I'm pointing out we are in a, a bear market bounce. 
So uh, right now what you're going to see is, you know, you've run up on the SPY. Well, where do you look when you run up on the SPY? You look at these inverse ETFs. And are there options in my algorithm? Again, if you sign up for TrendSpider, I'll give you access to my algorithm. No problem. Uh, I'll screenshot it for you so you can put it, put it into the strategy tester. It's not perfect, uh, but it's a good guide. It takes emotion out of your trade. And when you see SPY uh, run up like that and you think a, pullback, a, a healthy pullback is in order and you see some of these uh, inverse ETFs have buy-ins on the algorithm, probably a time to take the trade. Um, I'm probably going to take a trade on one of these. Maybe it's uh, SPX, SPXU. I like that one. Um, and I do think that the the SPY, um, you know, specifically with Apple, I think you might start to see a, a run down on Apple, which will bring the S, uh, S&P down. So uh, there you have it. J&J with the cross-up, DVN with the cross-up. I'm sorry, DV, uh, DRV with the cross-up on the real estate. Um, some of the, the uh, ETFs um, that are there. And your energy trade, I would just stay long energy. That's per- personally, I would stay long energy. Let's look at UCL um, because I know oil has been kind of floundering here. You are still out on UCO. You don't really have a MACD cross up. It's just kind of floundering here between 35 and 36. Um, it's at 33.49 right now. It's kind of capitulating. There's no real trend up. There's no real trend down. The 200 day is kind of flat. The 50 days in a downward moving market. Um, there's nothing really exciting here with the oil and they're trying to keep it down. Again, the national reserves have to, you know, replenish it sometime. So there's going to be a demand there. Um, Tesla is coming up on its three for one stock split on August 25th. Uh, my guess is it probably runs to 950. Do I want to take the chance of buying it at 911 for a, a 40 point move and a 5% gain? Ah, I'd take the, 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 uh, the energy trade over that one. So um, again, you, you have opportunities in this market. I, I do think the, the S and P will start to turn at some point, um, into September and September. I think the the more we go up in August, the more we have to go down in September. That's just my personal opinion, unless some, some news changes. So with that, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have fun. Enjoy. And I'll post that screenshot that I did on Finviz, uh, on YouTube. I'll post it on, um, uh, probably on, uh, uh, Instagram as well. Twitter just doesn't do well on videos. So, okay. Take care. See ya.